Are you taking good care of your customers during the busy season, right? It's very important that we do. You're going to learn more about this on today's show. Now, before we get started today, I want to share a quick video about Epic 2021. You don't want to miss it in Las Vegas, Nevada, coming up very soon. Epic is epic. There's nothing like it. The encouragement, some fresh ideas. You need to show up. You'll get your mind blown. Great breakout session. Take something new back. Help and tools. You can implement the next day. Great speakers. That was a great experience. We have the top experts in our industry. Collaboration as we work together and trust one another. As I mentioned, Epic's going to take place in Las Vegas this year on October 28th and 29th. You can get signed up at epic2021event.com, epic2021event.com. Again, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be an exciting event, tons of great content, tons of great speakers. So get signed up today because tickets, my friends, are limited. On today's show, we got some powerful content and our continuing Seizing the Summer content. This is from Mr. Scott Deming. He's going to be talking about seven steps to powerful customer service. You gotta make sure you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's with respect to your customer service during the busy summertime season. Hello and welcome to the EGIA Seizing the Summer video training series. I'm Scott Deming, an EGIA faculty member, and I'm very pleased to present my video, The Seven Steps to Summertime Customer Service. Although this video and this series is focused on helping you get through the summertime crunch with ideas and processes focused on right now, most everything on these videos, including this one, will help you long after summer has ended. I'd like to start this video the same way Vince Lombardi used to start his practices each and every year, by getting back to the basics. It was July 1961 and the 38 members of the Green Bay Packers football team were gathered for the first day of training camp. 
The previous season ended with a heartbreaking defeat to the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFL Championship game after squandering a fourth quarter lead. The players had been thinking about that loss the entire offseason and were ready to get back to camp and apply new techniques and complicated schemes to elevate their game. Their coach, Vince Lombardi, had a different idea. Lombardi knew his players would be eager to learn new techniques, plays, and processes, which they thought would elevate their game and increase their chances of winning that championship. But he had a different approach, one that served him well and earned him the moniker of legend. He gathered his players around, held up a football with one hand, pointed to it with the other, and said, gentlemen, this is a football. He took nothing for granted. He made it a tradition of starting from scratch, assuming that the players were blank slates carrying over no knowledge from the previous season, even though he was well aware that these were professional athletes who had been at this game since they were young boys. However, he knew the basics, the foundation should never be overlooked or underestimated. This approach to keeping things simple and focusing on the basics is what made Vince Lombardi a legendary winning coach. Vince Lombardi led the Green Bay Packers to five NFL championships, including Super Bowls I and II. The Packers never had a losing season under him. Although I'm trying to draw a parallel here, I am not assuming you are blank slates, carrying over no knowledge before watching this video. But I also don't want to assume you are familiar with every process and principle necessary for elevating your customer experience, no matter how basic it is. This video, The Seven Steps to Summertime Customer Service, focuses on seven basic processes that, if followed, will help you achieve amazing customer service this summer and all year long. Before we get into the content, I want you to try something. For the next several minutes, stop thinking like a contractor and start thinking like a homeowner. More than likely, you are a homeowner. At the end of the day, you go home, hug your family, pet the dog, eat dinner, watch the news, or your favorite program. You talk about your day, their day, what you're all going to do this weekend, etc. And just like every other homeowner, you and your loved ones are thinking about other things, not your cooling system. I realize it's difficult to take your contractor hat off and put your homeowner hat on. I get it. I also understand that being a contractor, you do think about your equipment more than the average person. With that said, you still must try to think like the homeowner. Think like the customer. You'll have a much easier time understanding these concepts if you step away from your business and into the shoes and mindset of your customers, at least for the time being. So let's get at it. Several years ago, Delta Airlines hired me as their keynote speaker at their Global Leadership Summit in Atlanta. As I was sitting in the audience waiting for my time to go backstage and get mic'd up, I was watching the opening speaker, an executive from J.D. Power, the American-based data analytics and consumer intelligence company. This executive started by saying, your customers hate how long they have to wait. He was referring to how long a passenger waits to get on the plane, how long they wait to get off the plane, and especially how long they wait to get an update on why they're waiting. He said a customer will give you 15 minutes tops to give them an update or to improve their situation. If you can get back to them within 15 minutes, they'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Beyond that, now they're just angry. 
Studies and articles regarding frustrations and angry customers as a result of waiting too long abound. One customer wait time analysis has conclusively shown that people won't wait very long before leaving a store or a restaurant for good. In fact, customers are willing to wait only 14 minutes before being served. In another study, on average, retail consumers believe that 5 to 10 minutes is the maximum acceptable amount of time that they are prepared to wait in a line. And in yet another study from Valero, all it takes is waiting on hold for one minute and almost 60% of customers will hang up. We now live in an instantaneous society. Everything we want and need is at our fingertips. If we want information, we type it into our phone and we get an immediate answer. Want to watch a movie? Just go to Netflix and search the thousands of movie titles, find the one you want and within seconds, you're now comfortably in front of your television watching the show of your choice. Post a picture or an article on social media and within minutes, people are responding and commenting. The almost immediate response and gratification we are now accustomed to has conditioned us to expect that level of responsiveness from every other experience as well, including your business. What can we do to mitigate the possibility of turning customers away due to long wait times? First, put a process in place that guarantees you can either get the answer to the person on the phone right then and there, or get them the answer within a few minutes. Don't tell them someone will get back to you without giving them a precise and guaranteed time. Next, you must condition your staff to be always and ever mindful of this issue. Let them know what happens when a customer waits too long. Drive home the importance of getting answers to a customer's questions and solutions to their problems quickly and accurately. Again, put a process in place that makes this possible. Then train your entire staff so that they are all on board and comfortable with the program. Finally, guarantee a wait time. This is key. If you can create a process that allows you to get back to a customer within five minutes, guarantee it and market it. If you can create a process that allows you to get to a homeowner within two hours of their emergency call, guarantee it and market it. Make that your differentiator. Now the times that I've just outlined are by no means the magic numbers. I'm only using those as an example. Listen to your customers. Find out from them what they believe is reasonable and what is not. Create a response time promise based on knowledge of what the customer finds acceptable and what you can realistically manage. The one thing all successful business owners have in common is they never use excuses. Nobody likes a whiner and nobody likes to hear excuses. Playing the blame game because you dropped the ball only puts you in a worse light than you already are. If you failed to live up to a promise or fell short of the customer's expectations, admit it and fix it. Explaining why you did not meet the expectations of your customers with excuses does not build trust and confidence with the customers. While there may be reasons behind your failure to meet their expectations, customers generally do not want to hear about your problems. What they want is for you to do what you have said you would do and do it when you said you would. If you can't, they expect you to make it right. If you're honest about your mistakes and shortcomings, usually the customer will give you a break. If it's a customer who already knows you and trusts you, they will allow a misstep from time to time, but only if it's from time to time. Think of it from the customer's perspective. Blaming bad customer service on your supplier or your employees 
communicates to your customers that you are less than competent. It is your business, so whatever goes on within it ultimately reflects on you. Even worse, telling a customer that the reason you could not deliver as promised is due to taking care of another customer communicates that their business is less important to you. The importance of taking full responsibility and acting with integrity with your customers is important and helps to strengthen the relationship. Here's a fact. The average homeowner isn't thinking about why they're comfortable. They don't look out at that condensing unit every day and say, gosh, I'm so glad that 14 sear unit is running properly and keeping my family nice and comfortable. They don't think about why they're comfortable or uncomfortable. They just know they are. They visit the thermostat and turn it up or down depending on how they want to feel. Emphasis on the word feel. You are thinking about the customer's cooling equipment. That's your business. But unless it's broken, they're not. They're thinking about family outings, possibly planning a vacation, dealing with the coronavirus, and anything else except their equipment. Unless, of course, it's not working. So please, remember, it's their summer, not yours. It's their priorities, not yours. Approach this summer season and every season with that in mind, and your connections and engagements with your customers will be much more meaningful. So, since they're not thinking about the possibility of a breakdown and the need for emergency service, perhaps you can educate your customers and potential customers on the need to have their system checked and reduce the number of emergency calls. But exactly how do you do that? Whether you use social media or traditional media, how do you craft the message in a way that makes them seriously consider what you're saying? I said that they're not thinking about their cooling system. That's true, they're not. So what can you do and what can you say that will get them thinking about it? Remember, they're thinking about a lot of other stuff, so anything you do or say to get their attention is an intrusion and a disruption. I used to own a national advertising agency. One of our rules of engagement was to always approach our ad campaigns as intrusions. The consumer didn't open up the newspaper to read our ads and they didn't turn on the radio to listen to our spots. They didn't turn on the television to watch our commercials. We knew this, so we approached our messaging with that in mind. We were always mindful of the fact that these ads had to be meaningful, relevant, and entertaining. If they were anything less, the consumer would tune it out or turn it off. The same holds true with you and your customers. Even though you know they should get a clean and check, they didn't ask for it. They didn't ask for your opinions, ideas, and offers to help. Knowing this, how can you position yourself so that the intrusion is not viewed as such? Rather, it's viewed and received as welcome input from a caring neighbor and friend. How can you position yourself and your message so that you are part of their summertime and not an unwelcome disruption? Let's talk about crafting your message. I've been asked countless times after my live presentations, how do you get so comfortable in front of an audience? And I've been told countless times, man, I can tell you really love what you do. You're so passionate. You know what? It's true. I am comfortable and I am passionate. But how and why? First, I really do love what I do and here's why. I really believe in what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. I know in my heart that what I have to say is so important and so relevant to the future success of my audiences that I can't hold back the passion. When I have a speaking engagement and I learn that for whatever reason a number of attendees didn't show up, I get upset. 
Not because I crave a full room. I get upset because I know they're missing something that could change their lives. So here's my question to you. Do you absolutely love what you do? Do you believe in what you're doing with all your heart? Are you convinced without a shadow of a doubt that homeowners need what you have to offer? I hope the answer is yes to all of those questions. Assuming the answer is yes, let me take it a step further. As I've said, when I'm in front of an audience, whether it's a couple hundred or several thousand attendees, I'm very comfortable. And when I'm presenting my message, I'm very passionate. But how and why? Answer, I think about my kids. In everything I do, whether I'm speaking, training, or writing, I think about my kids. Here's what I mean. When you're raising your children, you have a natural instinct and a very strong desire to keep them safe. You do everything in your power to teach them the right and wrong ways of doing things. You hope and pray that they stay on the path to success and happiness. So when you speak to them, it's with sincerity, passion, love, and concern. When you speak, your deep love and concern for them is reflected in what you say and how you say it. If you're going out in this weather, put on a coat. If he treats you like that again, you need to move on. Oh, I'm so sorry you don't feel well. Let me get something to help you feel better. Honey, he's really sick. I'm calling the doctor. Don't treat that boy like that. You're being a bully and you're hurting him. You can go out with your friends after you've done your homework. I'm so proud of you. Let's take a look at colleges and figure out the best fit for you. And so it goes. When you communicate with your children, it's always with the intention of improving their situation and their lives. And because that is your intention, your messaging reflects that. That's how you must craft your message to your customers. If you know in your heart of hearts that the homeowner needs to understand the importance of keeping their system working properly, tell them. But not in technical contractor terms. Think about your kids. If you know in your heart of hearts that the homeowner needs you and your expertise, tell them. But not in your contractor language. Think about your kids. With all of that said, let's talk about the customer visit. By the way, notice I didn't say call? Think of it as a visit. Why? If you think of this as a visit and not a call, you'll arrive ready for an honest, friendly, and positive interaction. If you think of it as a call, you'll inevitably be approaching the customer and the situation with a sale in mind. That means you'll go in with your contractor mindset using your contractor jargon and your contractor persona. Let's put this into perspective. When you say, hey, let's pay mom a visit, or let's pay Bob and Carol a visit, or my brother and his family are coming for a visit, you get a certain feeling. You approach the upcoming event as something that you and your mom, friends, and family will enjoy. You look forward to it, and so do they. Visiting a customer is no different. Look, I'm not naive enough to think that a homeowner would actually look forward to someone coming out discovering they need repairs or a new system and spending a bunch of money to get it taken care of. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how your approach and mindset will alter your conversation and your engagement. It will diffuse their anxiety and allay their fears if your immediate remarks, body language, and facial expressions are similar to a friend or relative stopping over. Okay, let's pause. I'm also not saying to be unprofessional and unprepared. Not at all. Be the consummate professional. Just don't be the typical salesperson or technician. Does that make sense? Be prepared. Be the best in the business. But be their friend. So why are you making this visit? 
Well, we could probably assume with great confidence that you're on a no-cooling emergency call. It got hot, they turned on their air conditioning, and it blows hot air. Put yourself in their shoes. You're hot, angry, nervous about the cost, anxious and impatient. If you already know this, you'll be prepared to diffuse all of these negative emotions immediately. Let's talk about the word visit again. Let's say you're going to a friend's house and you know he or she wants to talk with you about a situation that is really bothering them. In fact, it's really getting them down. What is your first impulse? You sincerely want to help. You want to be there for them. You want to console, comfort, and offer solutions. It's literally no different with a customer visit. They have a problem, they need a friend, and they need real honest answers and solutions. Put yourself in their shoes and feel their pain. Then go in and let them know you understand their frustration and situation and you are there to help. Businessman, author, and syndicated columnist Harvey McKay wrote in his book, Swim with the Sharks Without Being Eaten Alive, that the most important word in business is Rolodex. Now for the younger folks out there, that word may be foreign to you. For us older folks, we remember it well. A Rolodex was a device used to organize your contacts. It's much like your contacts on your phone or on your computer, except it was a manual device. So translate Rolodex to whatever you currently use to store and manage your contacts. Here's why Harvey McKay said Rolodex is the most important word in business. He said it's not because you can store contacts, but because you can store information about your contacts. Personal information about important dates such as anniversaries, a child's favorite band or sports team, the man or woman of the house's favorite hobby. Once you know this information, it's pure gold because it gives you endless opportunities to stay in touch with your customers. Let me take Harvey McKay's Rolodex a step further. The three P's, peruse, process, and provide is especially valuable to you because unlike most retail situations, you're in the customer's home. You get to see how they live, what their family is like, what kind of pets they have, and so much more. Let's start with peruse and process. While you are in the home doing your inspection, take notice of pictures hanging on the walls and sitting on the shelves. If you see pictures of the kids wearing sports uniforms, make a mental note. If you see a picture of the husband fishing, make a mental note. If the house has beautiful plants in every room, make a mental note. You get the idea. When you're finished with your inspection, bring up one of the pictures. Ma'am, I see your husband likes to fish. She'll open up about that. Once you have a little bit of information, write it down as soon as you get into your truck. My goodness, the plants in your house are beautiful. Who has the green thumb? Once you learn who loves plants, write it down as soon as you get in your truck. Start building your knowledge base of customer interests. Next, provide. You now have valuable personal information regarding the interests of your customers. What are you gonna do with it? Let's say you have to return to the house the next day to drop off a quote. If you've learned that the lady of the house has the green thumb, bring a small plant with you. As you're delivering the quote, deliver the plant as well. Ma'am, I just want you to know that I was so impressed by the beautiful plants and flowers throughout your home. You have a gift. I want you to have this. Even if you don't hire us, please take this plant and add it to the beautiful plants you have now. I'd be honored if you did so. If you discover the husband loves to fish, 
Either drop off a fly or a lure, or send it in the mail with a note. If the daughter loves a certain band, be sure to get notified if that band is ever in your area and get tickets for her. This is not bribery. This is a way to let them know you appreciate them on a personal level. It's also a way to stay in touch when they don't need you or don't expect to hear from you, once they become a regular customer. I covered this topic at length in my last video titled, Turn Your Customers Into Your Evangelists and Your Sales Machine. So I'm not going to go into detail here on how to get testimonials and how to use happy customers as part of your marketing efforts. And I'm not ending this video with something I already covered because I'm lazy or I ran out of material. I'm ending it on this topic because it's one of the most important things you can do to continue building your business. If you haven't seen my latest video, please go back and watch it. I cover the importance of testimonials and I give several great tips on how to get them and how to use them. So the information is there. The reason I'm ending this video on this topic of testimonials is because you should end every single customer visit by asking for one. I cannot emphasize enough how important customer testimonials are to the continued success of your business. If you're trying to convince homeowners they need you, your products and services, let other happy customers help you spread the word. Instead of taking your word for it that your product or service is going to impact their lives positively, let real customers hear from other real customers why the decision they're about to make is a good one. According to one study, the regular use of customer testimonials can help you generate roughly 62% more revenue, not only from every customer, but from every time those customers buy from you. 92% of people said that they read testimonials when considering a purchase. 88% of consumers said that they trusted these reviews just as much as personal recommendations, according to the same study. To top it off, 72% of those who responded to the survey in question said that positive reviews and testimonials help them trust a business significantly more. Look. There is absolutely no doubt that customer testimonials work. There is no doubt that turning a typical customer into an evangelist and into your sales and marketing machine significantly increases business. And there is no question that by not taking the opportunity to ask for testimonials, it is preventing you from growing and succeeding. There's no better time to get these invaluable testimonials than while you're there and they are feeling the love. So please, follow all of the steps in this video for improved customer service and improve your chances of landing more business, but make number seven part of your daily mission statement and make sure every technician and salesperson understands it. I will not leave the home of a happy customer without asking for a testimonial. That's it. Seven basic steps to help you this summer and all year long. I hope you enjoyed this video and I really hope you found the tips and processes valuable. I look forward to our next video together. And until then, I'm Scott Deming. Thanks for watching. We love this special Seizing the Summer content, right? We do it every year. It's special content just for the summer. Now, if you like this content and you're not a member, you can get full access to the series right now by filling out the form on this page. 
This is powerful, powerful content that you can implement all summer long to maximize your profits and be prepared for the dreaded slow season. That's it for today, folks. We'll see you next week here on Cracking the Code. Until then, bye-bye for now.